Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 85 of the Other Six Podcast. My name is Chad Boak, and I am your host. Joining me once again in the studio, my co-host, our worship pastor, the man who trains deer to race to make a quick buck, Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matt Collins. That's good. We're Matt, how are you today? That, that's good. That's, yeah, that's right. It's, it's, it's not deer season, it's turkey season. That's true. I'm impressed that you know that. That's Is really it really? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Turkey season. It's turkey season. I have season. turkeys in my backyard. Uh-oh. Well, For real. You can kind of... Is it a flock of turkeys? What do you call them? They're a bunch of them. Is it a gaggle? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a gaggle of geese, right? I, I, I have no idea. Uh, it really so I can shoot it. on that one. I, I, I suppose. Awesome. I think you can only do one. Can someone let us know in the comments? We're going to have a turkey cell this Sunday. Can Adam legally yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's a great Thanks. opportunity Thanks to also introduce our guest, as <laughs> yeah. always, ladies and gentlemen, our lead pastor, Mr. Adam Bishop. Adam, how are you today, sir? Ocho Cinco. Ocho Cinco. Uh, episode 85. That's right, yeah. So, okay. y'all know that story? What's that? Mm, nope. Okay, so Chad Johnson was a wide receiver right. with the Cincinnati Bengals mm-hmm. in the early 2000s. Yeah. He's number 85. So, instead of putting Johnson as his last name on the back of the jersey, he starts putting Ocho, Ocho Cinco. Cinco. <laughs> So, which technically is not how you say 85 in Spanish, but it's still kind of funny. So Ocho Cinco. So the league comes out and says, you can't put that on your jersey. You can only put your legal last name on the jersey. Oh. So he legally changed his name <laughs> to Chad Ocho Cinco. What a boss move. So that he yeah. could continue to put Ocho Cinco on the back of his jersey. So he, he said, I will uno reverse yeah. what you've said. So yeah. he legally <laughs> changed his name to Chad Ocho Cinco. That's so, so awesome. It was awesome because that was back when you had to watch SportsCenter to find out like who won games. Right, right, right. So they'd always be like, and Chad Ochocinco had ten receptions, for, and they would try to say it like you know professionally, but right. couldn't, you couldn't. Yeah, they were just Ocho laughing. Can't do it. You can't do it. Yeah. So that's what came to my mind yeah. until I found out I could shoot turkeys in my backyard. Yeah, and excited and which about you're very that excited as well. about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would I would talk to somebody about are, shooting it out your back door. How but sure are you that it is turkey season right now? Oh, 100 percent. I'll check okay. with Ryan Offsinger. That's He'll let me. how I know. He would know. Oh, that's how you know. Yeah. Well, there you go. Okay. Well, then it's like law. Ryan said it. Yeah. I would check if you could shoot it out your back. You know. Back door. You know. no, I'll go out. I'll go out in the yard. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Couple of feet. We'll be fine. I'll be fine. Well, gentlemen, how was your weekend? I mean, I know it was a uh, interesting one. We uh, NFL draft, all kinds of cool yeah. stuff. We always got to talk about football go a little dogs. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty happy with some of those drafts that happened. But how was your weekend, Adam? What'd you get up to? Uh, well, we we spent the weekend in Huntsville. Okay. So uh, Sam was in an all-state band performance. Oh playing wow. The trumpet. There we go. And so I'm gonna brag here for a second. Yeah, uh, it was awesome. Deal. I was proud of. Them. You know, middle school band. Uh, it's pretty phenomenal to listen to a middle school band, you know. And again, I'm still new at all this. I'm learning. This is kind of Morgan's area of expertise. But I, so I've learned a lot. And sure. it's phenomenal. So you've got the trumpets and the trombones and the French horns and the oboes, right? Oh, the clarinets, <laughs> right? And they they showed up on Thursday. They practiced for two days, music they'd never seen before. And then on Saturday, performed five songs. Oh, wow. And that's it was impressive. phenomenal. Oh, yeah. that's so, so good. Uh, that, and then I have not been in Huntsville since I was 13. It's Space so Camp. It's, space yeah, camp. <laughs> so it's been a minute. <laughs> but we did spend all day Friday at the U.S. Space and Rocket Center. Let's go. Yeah, while, Let's while go. Sam was practicing, we took the other two uh what are their names? Jacob and Henry to the U.S. Space and Rocket Center. And it looks the exact same yeah. as it did when I was 13. And so, uh, but that was fun. We had a great yeah. time. It was yeah. a lot of fun. You didn't you didn't spin anyone around this yeah. time. No, you, you have to get inside the simulators to do that. Okay. And it was clearly marked and roped off for space camp participants. So right. I was able to point out the scene of the crime where the girl threw up everywhere. But no, we did not do that. But we did attend the planetarium show. Okay. Now, which if you ever go, you tell me about it. buy I mean, the ticket. You know, it. you're liking a dome kind of thing. Yeah. And you know, it takes you on a journey through the universe. 
And anybody that can attend that and, and leave, it's like a 45-minute thing, and think that all of this just happened by chance. Right. <laughs> you yeah. got a lot more right. faith than right. me. Yeah. Right, right, right. Because yeah. when they pull out of our universe, and you're like, oh, that's kind of cool, and then they're like, no, here's the Milky Way galaxy. You're like, wow, I feel so small. And then they pull out even further, <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's one of like millions right. of galaxies? Right. What on earth? And yeah. all of a sudden, you're like, just bring me back home. And so then they zoom back into Earth, <laughs> and you kind of feel comfortable again. But the vastness of the universe. Right, right. And so when we left that, you know, I'm trying to, you know, connect some dots, you know, sure. as we all try to do with our kids. And so I asked my boys a trivia question. I said, so dad says something when he preaches the Bible and I want to make sure that it's true. So y'all tell me what y'all think. Cause if I don't need to say this anymore, you guys tell me. And they're like, okay, dad. You know? So I said, <laughs> I tell people that when God said, let there be light, God spoke light into existence, that Light has never stopped obeying that command because oh. God spoke it into existence. Right. And I said, after watching something like that, would you agree with that? That since light has been yeah. moving from that moment, that it gets to this point where, and they were like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So that's kind of my, you know, my conclusion from reading God's word and what science is catching up to what we've always seen God's word yeah. say, which right, was that right. God spoke this right. into existence. And when God speaks something, mm-hmm. it, it is. Yeah, that's it's right. not going to stop. Yeah. That's right. And so when you attend something like that and you see just the vastness of our universe, yeah, it's, it's just remarkable. Yeah. So when um, you think about how small we yes, really, yeah. really are. So yeah. we had a great time. It was a lot of fun. If you ever get a chance to go up to Huntsville and check that out, I would encourage you to so a lot of fun. Were there any rides? Did you guys get ride your rides? Yeah, there are some rides. Uh, okay. We only this we only like rode one of them. Yeah, here. I mean, some of them. You know, the, 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 I, I just the thing that spins you around a lot. Uh, yeah, 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 just probably We're, not going like to do a that. Centerfuge one. type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah, they have good. the thing where you sit in it and it like <laughs> like shoots you straight oh, yeah. up. Yeah, and then like you get to the top and you kind of keep going for a second yeah. until the harness catches yeah. you and then you land and you go up and down. So That's we did that multiple times and so that was a lot of fun and you know so yeah, great time. Really fun. Yeah. Well, you know, I was in Huntsville the week before. We talked about that yeah. last week on the podcast. When you like come over that hill in the interstate and you see that giant rocket yeah. standing up, yeah. oh my gosh. It's they so have cool added um, like a hangar where they have that rocket, another <laughs> one okay. that's laying, it, it's like suspended above you. You can walk oh. under it in the hangar and see how oh, gigantic wow. it is. I don't know they've built, they've built that since I was at space camp. Yeah. And there's all these exhibits in there, <laughs> interactive so stuff. Cool. It's yeah. great. Well, I'm glad you had a good time, Anybody man. Good that's time. awesome. Well, I did not do anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> I I fixed my Jeep though, so that well, come that, on, there you man. go. There you go. Like what what was it, wrong? It, what did you do? Uh, it was electrical. I, I needed a new battery, and then the cables that were running to it. But then I got Look to drive around the neighborhood. It's five speeds. So it's fun to drive. Well, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, but not you know <laughs> space camp over here. Now now we're I gotta ask, how's D doing? You know, we announced last week the new addition to the uh, college family. Great. Is she doing she's good? Doing yeah, great. yeah. Yeah. Lots of gummy bears. So <laughs> thank you for everybody that's been, you know, dropping them Absolutely. off. Absolutely. Yeah. D D's favorite pregnancy treat, the that's uh, right. the Bucky's gummy bears. <laughs> Bucky's gummy bears. Yep. Saving me lots of trips. Yeah. Yeah, we had a pretty pretty low key weekend. Didn't get up to a whole lot. Uh the girls at their school they had this thing called Olympic Field Day. Uh, that was Friday, and uh, what did they, they do, do uh, they do a bunch of different field games like think like tug of war, obstacle oh. course, but uh, Christian, ja- javelin. That's javelin. right, javelin. There's that archery. Yeah, I mean, no, no, no. Uh, it's yeah. <laughs> Uh, Greco Roman wrestling. Yeah, sounds of stuff. awesome. No, yeah, fantastic. But we got recruited. Do you to, win anything? Uh, yeah, I think you get like a little medal or something if you. I, I rights, bragging rights. Okay, bragging yeah. rights. they probably don't keep score. No, yeah. no, they, they do. <laughs> oh, oh, now no, they we're talking. Because there is a winner. Yes. yes. Uh, and and a I, winner? I will get to that. Uh, okay. Oh. So 
Christy and I got recruited to judge the broad jump, you know, the whole like you stay in one spot and then they would stand side by side. They competed, you know, team against team, see who could jump the furthest. And, I uh, would think at this table that was never strength of any of the three of ours. No, yeah. I, well, Jonathan was probably the broad <laughs> right. jumper of the four. So, I have a good job, Jonathan. Much lower center yeah, of gravity. The whole broad like, yeah, jump, yeah. just not happening. Yeah, now, but, but y'all were judging. But we were judging it, okay. and so you know, I was, I was having a good time. <laughs> were you a good broad jumper? <laughs> you know what? Wow, we're going outside okay. after this podcast. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I want to see what happens. Bring the camera, Jonathan. <laughs> but proof um, of this. they, if they. If it was real close, it was kind of hard to tell. Mm-hmm. And of course, they wouldn't stick the landing. And then they would walk. I'm like, all right, rock paper scissors. And so uh, they, <laughs> many, many uh, a contest was decided by rock paper scissors that day. But long story Only short, Chad is the t- judge yeah. of broad jump. Yeah. Listen, they put me in charge. They gave me authority. Well, I'm going to use it. That's true. Uh, We've learned that as well. So uh, <laughs> Ava, uh, my youngest. So this is like an elementary thing. Well, her being in fifth grade, they're kind of the 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 ones in charge of each one of their teams. And uh, her team, they tied for first. And so they had a they had a runoff. Her team didn't win first. They came in second, but I was still very proud. So they they did a really good job. What was the runoff? Did they race? It was the obstacle course. They oh. had an obstacle course that they did. Oh, it, this is yeah. like the what is it? The gladiators. Uh, Spartan Run. Thing. Yeah, I, I have no. I think American not, Gladiators. Yeah, like yeah, back that, in the day, like yeah. Gemini. Yeah, <laughs> those were awesome. Yeah, they shoot the tennis that was the best. That's thing. what yeah. I was imagining oh, when you were saying that. No, was, think more like roided up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're fighting like Jimmy. From the, Jimmy the accountant is yeah. fighting this roided up <laughs> yeah, dude. right in the joust, <laughs> and it was great. <laughs> gonna die. It's totally it gonna great. be even, right? Yeah. And the women came out. They break you in half. It's great entertainment. Oh my gosh! Is that streaming somewhere? I want to find. That show my did, boys. I think they rebooted it like yeah, not too long ago. But it was, I guarantee it wasn't as good yeah, as the original. Yeah, that's true. That's got to be true. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy the accountant. Yeah. <laughs> He's from Sheboygan, Wisconsin. He weighs 110. He got, come out there he like gets destroyed. He exercised this morning. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> We've got these guys. Over and they're doing here. like the, the hanging yeah, thing. Yeah. And then, oh, they didn't stand a chance. Oh, on that those were yeah. the best. Because yeah. they would just wrap up on him and mm-hmm. just pull him down. So like, that you, that yeah. kind of obstacle course? Not quite. Think more like diving through a hula hoop and maybe high stepping you, you know yeah. so okay. not not quite the uh the best okay you talked about American Glide yeah. remember the one where they had like the tennis ball machine yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean pelt him in the face <laughs> right. not a helmet to be found <laughs> lawsuits that's probably they got shut down <laughs> probably so. Jimmy lost an eye oh man <laughs> that was amazing. such good times oh Dang. my goodness I gotta oh. find that yeah we gotta watch watch a little American Gladiators I'll be fine with that but anyway mm. but yeah so that was our weekend not, catchy tune also yeah. yeah I don't remember right, we'll figure it out we'll find it yeah we got All right. Yeah, we're not gonna play it right because so we don't want to get hit with like the air just cut on too. It's yeah. a little warm in here, so that's <laughs> nice to know. All right, what are we talking about? Uh, it's all about our weekend. So yeah, we had a good weekend. It was great, and then uh, had a great weekend here at church on Sunday. Yes. So it was uh, had a great time. Continued our message series, uh, Sermon on the Mount, and uh, yeah, had talked talked about some things. And I appreciate you letting me. I uh, handed you the baton. Yeah, you didn't you did. drop it. Well, I appreciate well it. done. Good job. <laughs> I know you, you did. Kinda, yeah, you yeah, did great. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, so got to kind of always do a good job. Oh, that's kind of you. Yeah, you killed it. It was really good. Well, you know, we started the message off talking about like a couple of different things. Um, so one of the things being like what was said versus what Jesus yeah, right, is saying right. now. Uh, s- salvation versus uh, spiritual growth. Identity versus behavior. Right. So, you know, why was it important to start there? Wh- yeah. Uh, like, so help us understand why you started there with those scriptures. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I think... Uh this passage of scripture where Jesus is talking, it can get a little bit confusing if you don't understand some of the context and understand what we're talking about. I mean, if you back up a little bit to the start of the Sermon on the Mount, like Jesus shows up and he's talking like, blessed are, 
you know, those who mourn. Blessed mm-hmm. are the peacemakers. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And everyone, they're yeah, tracking yeah, yeah. along. And they're then like, he gets cool. to, hey, be salt and light. And they're tracking along. Yeah. Well, then he gets to, I, I, I'm i the fulfillment of the law. And he gets to, <laughs> you know, I, you've heard it yeah. said in the Old Testament law, yeah. like Moses said this, but here's what I'm saying. So, mm-hmm. like, he shifts gears a, a little pretty, bit. Pretty big downshift right. there. And, yeah. and you got to wonder, like, what were the folks of the day thinking, you know, when, when he said this? And you unpacked that a little bit mm-hmm. with the Pharisees and all that, you know, in, in previous weeks. So some of the stuff that he's talking about, I mean, he's talking about like courts and Supreme Courts and right. fiery hells. We'll, we'll which, get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> but ultimately, the reason we started dif- with differentiating some of these, is I wanted to be very clear on what we were talking about. Right. So okay. we definitely wanted folks to understand, like Jesus is establishing that he is the authoritative giver, mm-hmm. like of God's law. He is the fulfillment of God's law. Okay. So that was a big deal, yeah. and I thought that was worth talking about. But then the reason we talked about, you know, salvation versus spiritual growth. With what Jesus is addressing here, he's not addressing our like eternal security. He's not mm-hmm. addressing right. saying that our behaviors will affect our salvation. What he's talking about is he's talking about spiritual growth. He's talking yeah. about spiritual maturity. Okay. He's not talking about our identity. Our identity is in what God causes, which is, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're part of God's family, right. children of the king. Uh, but our behaviors, which we can sometimes operate outside of that family identity, yeah. Yeah. that's what Jesus is addressing. And so I wanted to make it really clear that folks understood, like, <laughs> hey, this is what we're talking about. We're not talking about salvation. We're talk Jesus is yeah. trying to help us in our spiritual. You're talking growth. about like the things that nowadays would grieve the spirit, you know, like making yeah. us call ma- yeah, that's uh, right. You know and, and also like instructions on how to live with one another. Right. Like that's yeah. that's gonna be really yeah. important. And so yeah, that's what Jesus is talking about here. And and I thought it really important to you know, I didn't want anyone thinking that I mean, because you talked about this last week, that the foundation of our relationship with God is faith through what right. Jesus did. Mm-hmm. It's not our obedience. And so we're talking a lot about the way we behave. I don't want anyone thinking like, hey, that has anything to do with our salvation. Mm-hmm. No, that has to do with our sanctification. Yeah. And so that's kind of what Jesus is addressing here. That's so cool. yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Adam. You know, we talked a little bit about, and I just mentioned it in the law, talking about how, you know, Jesus is differentiating a here's what you've heard said in the Mosaic <laughs> Law versus here's what I'm saying to you now. Why do you think that God uh waited to clarify some of this with Jesus in the sermon rather than go into depth with Moses? Uh, back in the day when he gave him that Old Testament law. Yeah, so the theological term there would be God's progressive revelation. Okay. Mm-hmm. So as you read through the Bible, um, and, I, and I'm, I'm a fan of people reading through the Bible. Sure. You know, so you can read through the Bible from start to finish. We've talked mm-hmm. about different Bible reading plans. Yeah. But if your approach is to read from the beginning and work your way all the way, you know, the way the Bible's laid out, as you're doing that, Remember that every story is telling a greater story. Sure, they're they're woven together as as the story of God's progressive revelation of first who He is, mm-hmm. second what His plan is, third how He will execute His plan, fourth His faithfulness to do so, and fifth what yet what is yet to come right. from this whole plan. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean if you go all the way back to the part of the history point of history you're talking about. That's the part God wanted to reveal at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's kind of like going to math in elementary school. <laughs> you know, you do, math yeah. is one of those subjects Edition. that, like, if you didn't get in third grade, boy, fourth grade math's going to be tricky. You right, know, right, right, right. So, and if you ever skip a year of math, 
good luck. Right. right? So, <laughs> you know, we kind of understand that when it comes to the way that we go through school. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like that, the way you understand how God's revealing his great plan of redemption throughout Scripture. And so, yeah, yeah this is the point with Moses. And then at this point in the Sermon on the Mount, that's where we are. Right. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, I, I try to remind us of, of this as much as possible, but think of the benefit for where we are on that timeline. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. yeah. Everybody we read about in God's Word would switch places with us in a second. <laughs> right. You know, right. we're like, on the other side of the resurrection. Things? We have right. a Bible. We can yeah. read it, you right. know? So, yeah, we're at a great place in that storyline yeah. of God's, you know, progressive revelation. And obviously, the, the last piece to happen in that is Jesus returning. Yeah, mm. that's right. And I believe he'll return because of the faithfulness God's demonstrated with everything else that he said he would do in his word. Right. Yeah. So, you know, talking about this idea of, like, salvation versus spiritual growth— I, Question for you, because this was something as I was kind of studying this that kind of kept coming up into my brain again and again. How come at that moment of salvation, when we ask Jesus into our heart, how come like we're not just like fully sanctified in that moment? How come in that like why did God choose to make it a process for us after we experience salvation? So your question is actually answering the question. Okay. So the way you worded the question. So uh, well done. Wax on, wax Mo- off. Move on, move on to, to the next, next one. one. Yeah. yeah. Wax on, wax off. I'm gonna start. You, you're just gonna get me chasing all kind of. <laughs> sorry, around, man. Say. Sorry. I mean, we already had American Gladiators. Now we got Mr. Miyagi. Turkey hunting. So uh, Turkey. Yeah, yeah. Man. So your stay question. Stay the course, Adam. Stay the course. <laughs> so in a sense, he did. So let's talk about sanctification. Okay. Yeah. Let's uh, compare it to justification, and let's take a minute to kind of talk about all this, okay? Because okay? this is like not theology 101. This would be more like theology 301. Right. So Ooh. this is a little more advanced, okay. and it's, it's, it's it a good thing. I think our listeners can handle yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I think it's a helpful thing If not, thing you'll be with me. Yeah. Learn. <laughs> It'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. Matt and I can handle it. No, listeners you yeah. You're selling yourself <laughs> short, I'm Matthew. Just, yeah, I, I know. I know. Don't do that. All right. So <laughs> sanctification has three aspects to it. That's why I said you kind of answered the question sure. the way you asked mm-hmm. the question. So I'm going to talk about the three aspects of the of sanctification, then we'll unpack them. There is a past sanctification, there is a present sanctification, and there is a future sanctification. Okay. So because we're talking about believers, right? Mm-hmm. Justification is what happens at salvation. You are justified by grace through faith. Sanctification is the spiritual growth process. Mm. So. When we talk about sanctification, we're only applying that to people who have already experienced salvation. They've right. already been born right. again. So there is a past component to that. Right. There was a time in the past where you were justified by faith. Mm. Well, biblically speaking, you were also sanctified simultaneously, which is why God looks at you and sees perfection right. through right. his son, Jesus Christ. You right. are in Christ. Your identity is in Christ. You are seated in the heavenlies. You are positionally Everywhere you will ever need to be with God. There's nothing you can do to change that status. Right. Yeah. right. That is you see what I'm saying? Yeah, God right. doesn't just love you. He likes you. You're good with him. Yes. Yeah. So right. your position and and so God has declared you holy. God has declared right. you righteous. So that is a past sanctification. It is a declaration that has been made. Mm. Now your question then is how come that doesn't become our existence? Right. right. Yeah, well, yeah. The only way that could become our existence is if we skipped that second step and went to the future sanctification. Right. So the present sanctification is the rest of the time we spend here on this earth. Okay. okay. And what we are called to do is grow in our holiness. Mm. We, we are we are not given license or liberty to just 
say, well, I've already been declared righteous and holy. I can go do whatever I want. In fact, Scripture is very clear that if that is indicative of your lifestyle, there's a really good chance that you were not justified by faith. Right. Right. You just kind of prayed a prayer. You walked an aisle. Right. You signed a card. You weren't born again. Because if you're truly born again, that will the evidence of that experience is you're growing. Right. That is the normative in the New Testament. We've separated these. Mm -hmm. We've made spiritual growth for the spiritually elite or the people who love church or the pastors or the ministers or life group leaders, that one kid in the youth group that likes to read his Bible, but that's not how the New Testament does it. The New Testament basically says this is for all Christians. There's a progressive dying to self. There is a progressive sanctification of holiness and righteousness. And then the future sanctification is when we are in our glorified state. I'm no longer battling my sin nature. Hmm. I mean, Paul says, hey, what I want to do, I don't do it. Right. And the things that I don't want to do, <laughs> yeah. I keep doing them. Right. Yeah, that encourages yeah, yeah. me. Right. This is a guy who is in his present sanctification. Well, obviously, <laughs> Paul is now in his glorified state, yeah. you know, so not the it's a glorified say on the other side of the return of Christ. Don't right, send me right, an email, right. but you understand I'm going with this, right? <laughs> right. He, he knows so, it all now. Yeah, so yeah. future you know, yeah. sanctification. So there's three aspects to that. Yeah. Now, let me just throw this out for fun as well. This is really the distinction, and some people may not see it this way. So this is my take, okay? Sure. My take, take that. is that this is the distinction that is most noticeable in denominations, Okay. So even, you know, you get a, a Calvinist and an Arminian in the same room, or they're going to they're gonna argue about a few things, you know, and, and, and all that different kind of stuff. Um, but they're both going to agree it's by grace through faith that you're saved. Mm-hmm. Right. They're, they're going to take us on a different route to that. Sure. But neither one of them is going to say it's by works right. that right. you you earned it. So we're kind of all on the same page with how we experience justification. We're kind of all on the same page with how we enter into a relationship with God. Right. And that yeah. is the distinction that we carry as Protestants between, say, maybe classic Catholic theology. Right. I know that not everybody that claims to be a Catholic sure. believes that, right, but right, classic, right. you know, Catholicism, go to the Vatican, look it up. That's what it's going to talk about, right. works-based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mormonism, something works-based. Right. So on, on the Protestant world, we're, we're all kind of on the same page. You're not going to work your way into justification. Right. Where denominations mm-hmm. kind of take a different route is the sanctification process. Right. Mm-hmm. What that actually looks like okay. for us to yeah, grow yeah, yeah. in our faith. Yeah. And and in my opinion, those are all mm-hmm. secondary issues. Right. Yeah. Th- those are not things I think that are worth arguing or fighting about. And right. so I, I do think that you can read through the New Testament. Now, Reformed guys, I got a lot of friends that are super Reformed in theology, and they're great, wonderful people. They love Jesus. They love people. Mm-hmm. But there are also some Reformed bullies that kind of, <laughs> unless you see everything the way they do, like, they're theological bullies, and they'll tell yeah. you you're wrong, and they're right, and they know the Bible, and you don't. So, like, I've right. met some of those as well. Yeah. But setting those guys aside, basically, <laughs> we can kind of all go, yeah, I could kind of see how you reach those conclusions as it pertains to sanctification yeah. based yeah. on the passages you're looking at. Yeah. And that really, when you study church history and, and the formations of denominations, and you look at Whitfield's influence and John Wesley's influence, and you know, um, obviously Martin Luther's influence, and a guy named Bateson, which is a really fun name to say, <laughs> and his influence, you kind of begin to see, okay, right. yeah. that that's where the roots of denominational life begin to, to take hold of. 
above 17, 1800s, right. it really had a lot to do with their views of sanctification. Okay. That's and so it's it's a helpful thing to know because you're going to have friends that are in different camps, sure. different yeah. churches, sure, sure, sure. different right. denominations. We're kind of all on the same page with justification. We do see the sanctification mm-hmm. thing a little differently. And, and obviously why? Because I just said there's three aspects to it. Mm-hmm. Right. There's yeah. a little bit more of a, I don't know if I would use the word mystery, maybe nuance. Yeah. And then the final thing I say, I know we got a lot of things we got to talk about today, is the mistake that's so easy to make with sanctification is to think that our sanctification process isn't also driven by God's grace. Mm-hmm. So okay. we understand yeah. that right. this relationship is established by grace right. through faith. Yeah. A lot of times we think sanctification then is about our effort. Oh, there right. we go. Yeah, yeah. How we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, no, 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 your sanctification is also driven by God's grace, yeah. which is why when you mess up, you can go to your father <laughs> right. and yeah. confess that. Right. But if you're a performance-based, if you're works-based in your sanctification, that's what leads to Christian's putting things, uh, you know, pushing their sin down, not bringing it into the light, not being vulnerable, not being authentic, because they have actually bought into the lie that their sanctification is driven more by their works than by God's grace. No, that's really good. good. And and as you were talking, you know, I'm kind of thinking, like, you know, I know some folks that would say they probably feel stuck in their spiritual growth and their spiritual maturing process. And so I think about that, and then I also think about, like, what's the motivation for the follower of Jesus to further along in that sanctification process? You know, is it uh, is it out of obedience? Is it out of, uh, do you feel guilt? Is it out of gratefulness for what's been done for you? So what would you say to someone, maybe, you know, they are a follower of Jesus, they love the Lord, they're a Christian, what would you say to someone who feels stuck in that sanctification process? Yeah, a few things. I mean, I think foundationally, you do have to find that motivation. Yeah. You know, yeah. What is my motivation? Yeah. So I would challenge everyone, if they're a Christ follower, your purpose is to bring glory to God. Hmm. That's your purpose. And to the degree that you grow in your sanctification is to the degree that that can happen. Right. right. Um, that he can use you more. You know, we we are supposed to bring glory to God, not to ourselves. So every gift, talent, ability, personality trait, your height, your weight, how you look, (laughs) how you talk, everything about you exists to bring glory to God. And so that should motivate you. God, I, I, I want to be used by you. For the entirety of the lifetime I have here on earth, that doesn't, it, that is not occupation. Right. Mm-hmm. That is not where you live. Right. That is not your job. That's such a higher value and a right. higher calling. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. So I would say that that's the first thing. And then the second thing I would say is that we grow to and through our commitments. Mm. Choose something that you're not and go for it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you, growth does not happen by by default. It doesn't happen through complacency. So, you know, you make a commitment. I'm going to challenge myself to not miss a day spending in God's Word for the next 30 days, and I'm going to tell so-and-so to hold me accountable. Let's go. Like, make make a commitment. Raise right. the bar. Because right. as long as you try to grow, you know, allow yourself to be challenged. Mm-hmm. Allow yourself to be taken out of your yeah. comfort zone. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Don't get stuck in a rut. And Because if you're feeling stuck, then you've got to do something to get yourself unstuck. Mm-hmm. And right. I would say you're going to have to set a new goal. You're going to have to set a new challenge, a new bar, something. Yeah. Right. And, and if you will, like that will kind of kickstart that growth process again. That's good. Try something new. That's right. Yeah. Um, all right. So Jesus talked in this, in this passage um, a lot about anger. Yeah. So why do you think he's addressing anger so hard? In this, 
Well, because of what it leads to, right? Okay. I mean, he literally talks about how your anger, and, and he addresses the escalation of it, and we can talk about that yeah, in a we'll minute. But like, I mean, have you ever met someone who is just bitter and angry all the time? I mean, yeah. and, and again, he's not talking yeah. about like that momentary like frustration or anger yeah. you feel that flashes up and then you kind of you know quiet it back down. Yeah. He's not talking about like a righteous you know anger over mm-hmm. something that violates you know God's word, God's principles. He's talking about that anger that seeps into your heart seeps into your life and it leads yeah. to that place yeah. of like total bitterness. And again, the the illustration, you know, used here is this valley of Gehenna or Hinnom. Yeah. It was this valley of slaughter where there was like smoldering burn piles of like Sounds animal awful. carcasses and all this, <laughs> you know, this cursed place. And, yeah. and what Jesus is saying is, you know, if you allow and and, and anger is very unique that if you allow it mm-hmm. to go unchecked like that, these are the consequences yeah. that it's going to lead to. And in particularly when you allow it to go unchecked between yourself and, and, and others, like that's yeah. that's going to be a big problem, you know, in your life. Yeah, we don't do a good job of identifying, talking about, and seeking out the healing that needs to happen from the wounds that we experience yeah, at a heart true. level. Yeah. yeah. So a few years ago, uh, we were talking about this on a Sunday. This was before the podcast, um, but this was when Tua was still playing at Alabama, and he got <laughs> right. hurt. Yeah. I don't know yeah. If everybody remembers when Tua got hurt. And, and so I remember thinking, like, I think he can still be a really good NFL quarterback. I hope this doesn't hurt him. And so I, I loved watching him play last year, and then obviously now he's dealing with the concussions, right, and yeah. I really hope that he's able to get on the other side of that. He got a coach that understands his gifts. Right. And then look at Jalen Hurts. Highest paid football player in the history of the NFL. And to think that those two guys were playing together at one right. time in yeah. Alabama. Yeah. So, you know, Jalen Hurts. I mean, if you have a, a kid who's looking for a good role model, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just no fantastic. Kidding. But where I'm going with all this is when, when Tua, you know, snapped his ankle in half, you know, nobody is going to Tua and going, hey, man, suck it up. Yeah. Right. We need you to get on the field next week. Right. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. this understanding that there's an injury that's occurred, that a surgery is going to have to be performed, rehab is going to have to occur. And then maybe at some point down the road, he might yeah, get in the game right. again. <clears throat> but then there's these athletes that have turf toe. <laughs> turf toe. <laughs> and they don't play because of turf toe. Right. Man, and that's you're rough like, stuff right there, man. Okay. You're getting paid a ton of money, and you're not going to play this week because of a toe? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> get in the game. We, we do not respect the turf toe injury the same way we do as the shattered ankle. Right, right, right. But talk to anybody who's ever had turf toe, and they will tell you, oh, man, it is terribly painful. Right. It's legit. You can't play in a football game if you have turf toe. But we're just like, what a wimp. It's turf right, toe, okay? Right. Well, what happens in our lives <clears throat> is sometimes we go through traumatic experiences or we go through deeply wounding experiences. Maybe your parents got a divorce. Right. Maybe you lost a parent. Maybe you went through a divorce. You know, right. we, could name, we could name those big things. Well, that's the equivalent of Tua shattering his ankle. Right. Like, yeah. everybody's going to look at that and go, man, like that, you know. Well, of course. You're yeah, going yeah, to need, yeah. you know, there's going to some healing that's going to need to occur. <laughs> and, and all that. Yeah. yeah. Right. And we understand that. But more often than not in our life, the wounds that occur are like turf toe. Mm-hmm. They're just those everyday wounds. Somebody says something and, and it takes root in our heart. Somebody mistreats us. Uh, somebody takes advantage of us. Somebody breaks our trust. Somebody hurts us. And, and, and because it's just turf toe, like we don't want to talk about it because right. now you seem weak. Now you seem like the guy who won't play in the game. Yeah. Instead of saying, hey, this kind of hurts, mm-hmm. uh, we, don't know, we don't know what to do with that, especially men. Yeah. Right. Hey, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hurting right now. Yeah. Right. Men, w- nobody taught us as young boys, here's how to verbalize when you're hurting. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Here's how to verbalize that emotion. Right. So what happens then is that turns into anger. Mm-hmm. And so we are a society of people who have chronically suppressed all of the turf toe wounds of their heart. Wow. And so you look everywhere and people are lashing out and they're angry. And, and what's happening there is we have people who have been deeply wounded, who have never sought out any type of healthy way to heal that. Right. Mm-hmm. And now we have the repercussions. And so anger is such an eye-opening thing to talk about because it literally is like peeking behind the curtain yeah. Yeah. and seeing what has actually been going on in someone's heart to get them to this place. And there's a passage in Philippians where Paul says, I want to participate in your suffering so I can experience the power of the resurrection. Yeah. That unless you participate with those wounds, don't ignore them, don't push them down, bring them to the surface, participate with them, lean into it a yeah. little bit, yeah. okay? Now, the power of the resurrection can meet you there. But as long as you don't participate with it, right. yeah. then, then you're going to continue to be in a place where anger will be something you struggle with. Yeah. And, um, but anger is indicative of a lot of other things that are happening, right. which is why I think all these years later, we understand probably the human dynamic of emotions and psychology a little bit more than the first century yeah. world. We're right. like, oh, yeah. Anger's kind of showing us all kind of stuff, and yeah, Jesus absolutely. goes right after it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's a big deal. And, you know, I don't know where I read this, but I don't think anger is our first response of an emotion. I think it's usually sadness or something like that. And I, I don't remember where I read that, but I remember reading something about that. Yeah. Um, but you keep bringing this up, the escalation of anger that yeah. Jesus is talking about. Yeah. And let's talk about that. So first you had the courts, then you had the Supreme Court, right. and then we go to fiery hell. So <laughs> yeah. kinda, let's kinda talk about that a little bit because, you know, there's yeah. a little, you know, I don't, there's prison and all kinds of, right. you know, following the theme here. Yeah. So, I mean, Jesus, he, he uses illustrations, right? It's the same thing that yeah. we do because, you know, we're, we're trying to help folks understand Did what Did he we're miss saying. an illustration there? No, I don't <laughs> think so. So again, he starts it off by saying, you know, you, you've heard, or the ancients were told, like, yeah. don't commit yeah. murder. It's a pretty low bar. Like, you know, don't don't leave here and kill someone. You know, it's a pr- pretty pretty low bar, I think. We're grateful for it. Though. Right, yeah. yes, absolutely. And, and yet there was that one guy listening who kind of slowly put his knife away. <laughs> like, man, yeah, he exactly. said it. Yeah. I just, all right, yeah. Larry, that's you. <laughs> put it that's up, right. Larry. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And so he's what, what Jesus is saying here is he's, again, he's talking about, you know, there's a letter of God's law, there's a spirit of God's law. Mm-hmm. He's talking about how God's law... It transcends just what's happening on the external. It goes to the internal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so if murder is the effect, anger, that bitterness, Mm -hmm. that that is the cause. And so what Jesus is saying, he's saying, hey, you know, you've heard don't murder. You've heard if you take an external action, like that you'll be guilty before the court. But he's saying, but what I'm saying is that if you have that bitterness and that anger in your heart, you're already guilty. You've already violated the spirit of this law. And then he kind of escalates a little bit and says, and then if you actually say something, man, that's even worse. You're guilty before the Supreme Court, of which uh, at least some of the population listening to him talk was probably Pharisees, Sadducees, the Supreme Court mm-hmm. that day. And then he says, if you say you fool, which for us would probably be much harsher language, right. Right. Uh, yeah. you know, that that then, oh man, then you're guilty enough. And he's saying your life will turn into, you know, mm-hmm. this this valley of slaughter, this fiery hell is the is the verb she uses there. And the illustration I used was my kids. You know, yeah. I can tell generally when my daughters are not happy with one another. I can tell there's something going on, you know, they're not very happy. And I'll probably let them work it out on their own. Yeah. Well then one of them may say something in passing to the mm-hmm. other. And I'm like, all right, hey, come here. Pull aside. <laughs> like you need to go Sidebar. fix this. You need to go <laughs> apologize. Like, you know, dad's gonna get involved. But yeah. 
then there are some things they can say to each other that it's like you're punished, go to your room. Like we are, we are addressing this immediately. This is not okay, kind of stuff. And so that's that's kind of what Jesus is saying that there yeah. there is an escalation here. But he's saying that it doesn't even matter that at the root cause of it, if you are angry, if you mm-hmm. have that bitterness in you, you're already you're already guilty yeah. of violating what God's law says. That's good. So what do you do when you feel that? I mean, I talked about, you know, dissecting wounds, and right. like, I think there's a good way to do that with therapists and counselors, sure. yeah. biblically-based counselors, let me stress right. that, and maybe even a brother and sister in Christ if it's not something that's, mm-hmm. you know, a, right. a, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the moment, like, you feel that anger rising right. up. That's, that's right. You know, yeah. we read a book as a team um, a couple years ago, and he had some really good um, questions that he said you need to ask yourself mm-hmm. when you feel that. So I've tried this before, you know, and... It's actually pretty helpful. Sure. One of the questions he said to ask yourself is, "What is it? Do I? What is it that I think I need right now?" Hmm. I found that yeah. to be a helpful yeah. question. Right. Okay. What is it that I think I need right now that I'm not getting? Right. Is it love? Is it affirmation? Is mm-hmm. it respect? Is mm-hmm. it? And when you can answer that, all of a sudden, you 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 are now self-diagnosing in the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm actually. I don't think I'm getting this. I think I'm supposed to get this. Mm-hmm. I'm now reacting emotionally. That I, I'm not even reacting. What's what's really going on? Right. There's some mm-hmm. type of expectation I have in this situation that's not being met. That's right. leading. See what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it's it's good to to develop some healthy mm. habits in the moment. You know, mm. when, when like with your kids, with your spouse, with your boss, with <laughs> right. your friends. Right. So, yeah. To not. I'll escalate the situation. That's right. right. That's you know? exactly right. Yeah. But people who do that well, and, and let's just kind of throw this out there, it's a skill they've learned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's not like they were born with a better personality than you. They, they've learned, <laughs> yeah. they've matured, right. they've grown in their sanctification, and they can be in those situations and not get angry. Right. They, they know how to recognize that emotion, diagnose it, suppress it in a healthy way and stay yeah. engaged in a right. loving way with the, with the person that right. they're with. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. And anger is natural. Like, like we will get angry. It yeah. happens. Like, that's fine. It's what, it's like what you just said. What do you choose to do in that moment? What is the next step? Yeah. Can you say that makes me incredibly angry? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, right. really? You're angry? Yeah. I'm super angry yeah. right now. So but <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't look it. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's like, oh, wow. Like people can do that. Yeah. yeah. Some people can. Well, yeah. And, and also, I mean, say someone cuts you off in traffic. Like I, I deal with the road rage thing. You know, I get really frustrated. You know, are you going to get mad? Give him a one finger wave, yell at him. Like, what are you going to do? It's usually me in the neighborhood and he's right. trying to pass yeah, me. Him and his Jeep that he fixed. <laughs> or you can just let it go. And, yeah. and yeah. what is it that I think I need right now that I'm not getting? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What what right. is Detach that, yourself some type of indictment on my yeah. life that they cut me off? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, abs- abs- maybe their yeah. wife's trying to have a baby. I mean, who yeah, knows? Who like, knows? <laughs> right. Let it go. Yeah, yeah. You just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we haven't even gotten to the first point yet. But so, <laughs> let's shift to that. And yeah. we just lost some listeners. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's <laughs> they're like, Where, really? <laughs> Someone listening to this in a car just got cut Sorry. off. Sorry. Hey, yeah. okay. It's okay. It's, right. it's not going to be a problem. Deep breath. All right. So your first point was um, that exemplifying. Matt's keeping us on track. Two guys. I'm trying. Sorry. So exemplifying God's forgiveness in our lives, we experience peace and joy. Yeah. All right. So if that's true, why is it that we get to a point of frustration and anger and then, you know, this person doesn't choose right. they to to uh, reconcile that with this person, sure. but they rather sit in that anger and frustration? Yeah. Uh, why, why do they not choose peace and joy? Right. Why do they yes. choose Why anger? are they yeah. choosing to not? Um, I think it's easier and sometimes maybe feels a little more satisfying on our end sometimes. I think sometimes 
anger and bitterness, it can, you know, sometimes you've been angry and bitter for so long, it's been your constant companion. You wouldn't yeah. know what to do without it, you know? Ooh. it's And so I think a lot of times, yeah. rather than choose to have the conversation or, you know, like you're talking about, confront ourselves, what is it that I'm needing in this moment? Yeah. We just choose to sit there and wallow in our anger. We choose to wallow in our frustration. And what happens in that instance is you get... Uh, in that feedback loop and it just builds and it builds yeah. and it builds and it builds. And I just, I think a lot of the time we choose to stay angry or stay bitter over doing the work of going and, and, and turning that around. And I think self pity is a very deceitful emotion. Mm. Yeah. It's, That's it's right. an emotion that feels Feel like sorry. a proper response mm -hmm. and it's like a drug. Yeah. The more you go to that, the more you'll crave it, mm -hmm. and the more you'll yeah. need it, and the more you'll kind of just <laughs> yeah. get into a state. Where, mm -hmm. So self-pity is super deceitful in the sense that it feels like an appropriate response. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. And it's yeah. the worst response you can right. have. That's right. And if you wallow in self-pity, you're not going to want to forgive somebody mm -hmm. because your emotions are going to convince your mind that someone or something else is the cause for how you're feeling. Yeah. Right? When in reality... You're the cause for how you're feeling yeah, yeah. because you've chosen to react with self-pity to a circumstance or to a person. And you're the only person that can choose to no longer be experiencing yeah. self-pity. That's right. right. That's on yeah, you. That's on you. Yeah. So, but I think that feeling sorry for ourselves, self-pity, yeah. you know, yeah. all those different. And, and again, in an entitled society where everybody is entitled, mm -hmm. self-pity is the natural emotion when things don't go your way. Right. And things are not going to go your way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. People are life. going to mistreat you. Yeah. But if you go to self-pity, the next logical step will not be, I guess I should forgive them. <laughs> right. It won't. Man, if you are, you're good. you got to take no, control of your own emotions. And we, we talked yeah. about this in a series, that, that our response is dictated more by the transformation that's happened in us than what's yeah. going on around us or what's happening to us. Mm -hmm. There's a greater force at work than all of that. And, right. and and so many times we actually abdicate ownership of our own emotions to something or someone else. Right. And yeah. that's a very destructive way to live. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And maybe they don't even have the tools to. That's the other thing I was thinking of as I was asking is like, maybe they don't even know where to start with that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that might be something that they need to help like yeah. with counseling or something yeah, like that. Yeah. They can kind of point those things out like That's that. Yeah. yeah. So Adam, the second thing that we, we talked about, uh, our second point was that spiritual growth is impossible without reconciliation. And, uh, you know, in the scripture there, Jesus is talking about like, hey, <clears throat> if you're at the altar making a sacrifice, you remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice at the altar, go back, make it right, and then, then go back to the altar. And so my question for you, and this may be kind of a, a dumb question, but something that, you know, I was kind of thinking about is, how do we reconcile with someone if they are not interested in mm. reconciliation? Yeah. So what happens if you leave your sacrifice and you go to them <laughs> and they're yeah. like, and no, and they're like, nope, don't care. Yeah, yeah. just gonna stay there. You might yeah. get more angry. Yeah. <laughs> and they got you another know, sacrifice because of that. Yeah. He's communicating that the context that there's a local communal component to right. this. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm at the altar. I think about this. And, you know, I remember a really powerful experience when I was growing up in, in our student ministry. Mike Lynch, who's the pastor at North Star Church now, is my student pastor. He made us do that, like, one, one, at one of our student gatherings. <clears throat> he taught for, you know, five, ten minutes, and he said, here's the thing. I just sense that some of you are off with each other, mm. and we're not moving forward until y'all fix that. Oh, wow. Mm. And somebody came That's up and started good... playing the guitar, and it's like, <laughs> so who's going to go first? Yeah. Right there. <laughs> but he was right. 
It's like we can't meet together and act like we're all here to worship and study God's word when yeah. we're not on the same page right. relationally. Yeah. So to answer your question, um, I think that we also have to factor in some other passages. Okay. So that's what systematic theology does, is it looks at the entirety of Scripture, and then we, we build a theological framework for what God's will would be, you know, in these different situations. And as much as possible, we let God's Word guide us. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul's pretty clear in one of his letters that as much as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Right. Well, there's just sometimes it's not going to be possible. Right. There's sometimes that you may want to reconcile a situation with another brother or sister in Christ, and that I might actually be an unwise and or dangerous thing to do to put yourself physically in his or her presence. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. So what are we really going after? It's the same thing Jesus is going after with the entirety of the Sermon on the Mount. It's your heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just talked about it, right. you know, with yeah. murder and anger and all these things. And so, you know, if, if there's not the opportunity to physically sit down with this person and reconcile the relationship to where, because there is a, there's a very good reason why you can't do that. Right. Yeah. And let me just throw this out there. One good reason that somebody may have never given you permission to go, yeah, that would be a good reason is you can't trust what that person might do. Hmm. Like you go and you attempt to reconcile things and because they hate you so much they will read below the belt. They will read ill will. They will right. read ill intentions into your positive actions, and they'll go on social media and tear yeah. you up. Right. Yeah. Okay? That's a really good reason then to not go meet with them. Right. Like if you know, I know how this person it's feels about me. Well, They've yeah. told me. I know what they will do. This yeah. is not danger. Like my life's not in danger, but but, it's just not but there are some other things that will. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So in your heart of hearts, like have you released that person? Have you forgiven that person? If it were solely up to you, would you be reconciled with them? Mm. As long as it depends on mm. you. And if you can answer that wholeheartedly, yes, then you're in a line, you're in line with what Jesus is teaching here. Right. So, yeah. you know, whoever that person is in your mind right now, if you ran into them today, would you hug them? Would you tell them you've been praying for them? Would you tell them how happy you are to see them? Right. If not, there's probably some work to be done. Mm-hmm. Even That's if good. you know that situation may never even occur. They live in another state. I doubt I'll ever cross paths with them again. Mm-hmm. I get it. But if you're carrying that around in your heart, that's what Jesus is going after here. As much as it depends on you, if this were all up to you, could things be reconciled? Mm-hmm. In a way, not where you like, but, but you don't understand what they've done to me. Like, I could never trust that person again. No, I'm not talking about buying matching sweatshirts. Right. I'm not talking about getting back <laughs> into the dating relationship. Right. I'm saying reconciled at a heart level where you're no longer holding something against that person. Right. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah, and also, and yeah. it's and it's for your benefit as well because again, you don't want your heart to turn into that bitter landscape. Yeah, absolutely. Well, but reconciliation carries with it the understanding that the relationship does stay intact, which right. is why this makes this so difficult. Right. Because yeah. when he's saying go be reconciled, yeah, that is the goal of right. every situation. Yeah. But sin and sinners are going to keep that from happening in every yeah. situation. And there have been a lot of Christians who have been manipulated by spiritual authority. Using these types of verses, yeah. and and and, mm. and that's wrong. Yeah, that's yeah. wrong. And so we we don't ever want, you know, for example, like who's someone who's been abused, right? Asking that person to go meet with their abuser and forgive them. Yeah, that's wrong. Yeah. That's right. You yeah. should not yeah. be asked to do that. Yeah, that is not at all what God's word teaches. You right. see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So we, you know, that's why I'm saying is in your heart, 
can you say, yes, this is what I believe Jesus is calling me to, that relationship will never be reconciled mm-hmm. in the sense that we understand right. the word and other connotations. But I've released them. I've forgiven them. There's a yeah. way to be at peace. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and again, if, if you're walking through a difficult season and you're like, but my situation, you know, let us know and we'll happy to right. set you up with somebody who can really help you unpack. Because I get it. There's lots of different dynamics. Yeah, There's lots right. of di- we're super sensitive to that. So if what we've said doesn't fit your situation, it's probably because it doesn't fit your situation. Right. But we could help you find someone who could give you good right. guidance in that situation. And, and that's the difference in the illustration you were using earlier. You know, to his ankle injury versus the turf toe. Right. In- you know, like those are more of what we're talking about here. So I think what you said is really important. Well, here. you know, and this got me thinking too. Like to your point, like it was a bigger deal for them when they got there to leave to leave the altar to go right. and seek that. But like. It better be a big deal because that's a long way to travel, right? <laughs> right yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Jesus, where he's preaching in Galilee, saying this, eighty miles away from the altar in Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, it has to be a big deal for for that. You right. know, it's not like the little things. Right. Um, all right. So, Chad, you said yesterday, uh, spiritual maturity is knowing the difference between principles and preferences. Right. Um, all right. So, what if the prince or the the preference is to safeguard the principle? For example, like hanging out with a specific group mm-hmm. puts you where uh, it could it, it could cause someone to fall into old habits. Okay, um, or like you know staying away from alcohol, or uh, you know, or even thinking about doing that um, because it will help. It, they worry that they'll fall into that trap. Sure. Yeah, so I mean, there's I hope nothing, that makes sense. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with safeguards in your life. Like right. that's that's a good thing. Knowing knowing yourself, knowing what could cause you to uh, yeah, that's slip a, that's into a good. sin pattern. Like, that's a good thing. And and really, more of what I was addressing, you know, yesterday, and, and it's, it's, it's somewhat situational, but, like, I mean, I see so many people that have their preferences, and they try to impose their preferences that, yeah, okay. on yeah. other people. And there are—I I remember Hardy and I—Hardy uh, Sellers, one of our pastors here, he and I— uh, going through a, a particular tough season, and and Hardy said, "Hey, man, there's very few hills to die on." Was it after meeting with me last week? This was years and yeah. years Long ago. Long yeah. before Matthew and I showed yeah, up. That's yeah. right. No, no, no. You, it's no, absolutely pre-Adam and Matt. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And and so like, our, and he said, "There's certain hills." Yeah, he said, yeah. "There's very few hills to yeah, die that's on." Good. That's uh, a good he word. said, there's, yeah. "There's a lot of things," and I just remember saying, "Like, well, no, I don't think this is okay." He goes. You could just let it go. I was like, no, we got to fight this. He goes, you could just let it go. And so <laughs> that's someone who understood the difference between principles principle and preference. preference. Yeah. There were the ways I wanted to do things. And, and this happens in, in every area of our life, right? There's the way we think it should be. We see this, you know, some of the illustrations, uh, the way that I think other people should be raising their kids, you know, it should be the same yeah, way I do. I remember you uh, that the yep. way that I think people's marriages should be, you know, I've, I've, you know, Christian, I've got this thing figured out, right? Like, no, not at all. Uh, the way people think, you know, uh, politics is a the big way one. Somebody votes. Yeah. The way someone votes, yeah. absolutely. We think that it should all be a certain way. And ultimately, like, if it's not a principle that's spelled out in God's word, much of the time it's a preference. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that we mistake those things. So when you have spiritual growth, when you have spiritual maturity, mm-hmm. you're able to to differentiate between the two. And also it, it enables you to keep a level of relational equity. Again, we talked last yeah. week about being salt and light. It's going to be really hard for me to go be salt and light in this world if I have burned every bridge with everyone due yeah. to my preferences. Yeah. And so it is a big, big deal that we know the difference between the two and that we maintain those loving relationships again yeah. so that we can make an impact for the gospel. Mm-hmm. So we can make an impact for God's That's kingdom. That's good. Yeah. You said that very well. 
I think the the other benefit is it allows you to make friends with a lot more people. Yeah. Yeah. If yes. all of your friends share the same not principles but preferences Perfect. as you, yeah. you don't really like making friends. You just like yourself. Right. So you're yeah, just surrounding right. yourself with people who will validate <laughs> yeah. everything you think. But if you can see spiritual maturity, the difference between principles and preferences, it broadens the spectrum of the type of people you can have friendships with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, right. yeah, I mean, principally, we're on the same page, but preferences, oh, man, like we, we yeah. see a lot of things differently. Right. But that doesn't mean yeah. that you're not in fellowship with them. Right. So, yeah, yeah. It, it allows you to really have a richer life, too. Yeah. yeah. And, and you never know how God's going to leverage that for his kingdom. You right. know, it allows you to be used by yeah. God in a bigger way yeah, to see things know, as well. Differently, and that's I think that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So, Adam, let me ask you this: uh, As I was researching some of this, and we did not have time to get into this on on Sunday, so I'll throw the question to you. Uh, when he's talking here in the scripture about being on your way to court, and uh, you know the the language here, we're talking about not like, to the fiery, not yeah, on our way to court. <laughs> court. He's saying we're make friends, you know, yeah. figure it out yeah. on your own before you get there. And we talked a little bit about that, and and this I this question popped up in my mind, and I want to get your take on it. Um, is it okay for Christians to sue one another? Is it okay for Christians to sue non-believers? Is there any guidance in Scripture on this? Like Judge Judy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, Is there uh, a Judge Judy situation? So, Dude Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I love Dude Perfect. Yeah, they did yeah. a video, and it was Judge Duty because it's Dude Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really funny. So anyway, I digress. Um, I mean, look, let's... The Christian, non-Christian thing, sure. yeah, you might have to sue somebody sometime. Right. I mean, it was just like the, the world's an evil place, <laughs> yeah. and those things can happen. Yeah. Right. So Scripture speaks more towards fellow brothers and sisters in Christ right. and basically says, don't do not do it. Hmm. Like, go work it out. Like, they're your brother and sister in Christ. You know, Paul right. addresses that in one of his letters to the church in Corinth. And so I would say, yeah, I mean, if you're in a conflict with a, another believer, as much as possible, you need to work that out, and there's biblical guidance on how to do that and bringing somebody else and sure. figuring all that out. And, right. and um, I would say that if you've gone through all of those possible channels and it's not worked out and you decide that you want to pursue that, um, I would say that a lot of times you're probably making the wise choice. Mm-hmm. Because just because someone says they're a Christ follower doesn't mean they're growing in their sanctification. Right. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean they're acting like they should. Again, right. We see a lot of, we, we've seen a lot of this over the last decade with, you know, people in positions of leadership, you know, abusing those positions yeah. of leadership yeah. Yeah. with somebody else. It's also a brother and sister in Christ. And that person who's in leadership going, no, I didn't do anything wrong. Well, if you're going to bring justice to the situation, you're probably going to have to then get into the court system to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So as much as possible, yes, try to avoid that. But if you're dealing with somebody who is, is, lying, they're deceitful, and they are a threat or a harm to someone else, then you've got to take the appropriate measures. And so, again, there's always context to these things. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, in a local church, you know, that's probably a good idea to yeah. not sue a, a fellow member of your right. church. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. try to work it out <laughs> and 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 follow the proper channels to yeah. try to work that out. And we actually have all that stuff spelled out in our bylaws. I mean, yeah. most good churches do, and right. so there's a, there's yeah. a way to do that. You yeah. know, in most local churches, to avoid that. Um, but that's not saying that those things don't happen, and that those things, when they do happen, are are justified. Hmm. It doesn't mean that someone's being sinful if right. they have yeah. to do that because right. it was the last resort. Right. It was all they could do to bring justice to the situation. That's good. All right, Phyllis. So talking about reconciliation, what are some practical things to, that we can do today to start um, that process of reconciliation with someone? Yeah. And, you know, again, with all the caveats we've discussed, you know, in the podcast so far about there are some, 
you know, hurts right. yep. that, that require a bit more. You know, for the vast majority of things, it, it's interesting. As I was uh, as I was studying for this message, um, you know, God kind of spoke to me, and I was examining my own life, going like, hey, you know, you're about to get up here and preach this. Are you guilty? You know, is there someone you need to talk to? And the first thing that I did, you know, because I did, I thought of a situation, and the first thing I did is I started trying to justify why I didn't have to do that. Mm. And I think I think something that we can do internally when we think about making a relationship right, when we think about reconciliation is sometimes we immediately justify why we don't have to do that. Maybe why this is mm-hmm. a special, you know, circumstance. We're the exception. Yeah, we're yeah. the exception. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so I think the first thing I would say is, is don't, don't justify your grudge, you know, especially if it's not one of these massive, you know, if it's something that should be talked about and reconciled, don't justify yeah. uh, your issue. The next thing I would say uh, would be like just start the conversation with that person, and that can be really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, I met several folks after the the service in the lobby that said, "Hey, I, I sent a text message to kind of start a conversation." That's great. That's yeah. awesome. Like that was the next step. I feel like God probably had for those folks yeah. today was just just to start that conversation and and get that going. And then you know one of the things that might help with that is uh, I think in our minds sometimes we we build up these grudges, we build up this bitterness this frustration and we we start to think of this person as like larger we think of it as a bigger deal than it is just just remember like we're all people yeah like we're all people and you know i know that if someone were to come to me and say hey you really hurt my feelings and here's why like the first thing that i'm going to feel is most likely like a huge feeling of regret of like i never meant to do i am so sorry yeah. like that's and that's probably what you're going to get but no matter what god has called us to begin that conversation and so i think just you know Start it. Start the yeah. process. You know, pray about what maybe God would want you to do. Look for opportunities. I know more folks that have said, "Hey, like I prayed about this, and God provided an opportunity to start that dialogue." Yeah. And uh, so that's what I would say. That's yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, I think if you pray that prayer, God will be faithful to yeah. show mm-hmm. you. Yeah, I remember years ago, um, I was praying a similar prayer, and um, people who I felt like I'd forgiven, and um, you know, the situation that occurred, and and I felt like just the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Well, write him a card. Yeah, and I just remember thinking, like, no, that's definitely not in the New Testament. <laughs> yeah, and so, uh, but the the idea was there. No, it was like a little test. Like, really, can you express gratitude and can you express love and can you express what reconciliation would look like as far as it depends on you? And so, I felt like I had to do it just to be obedient to what God let me do. And I never heard anything back. Right. You know, I didn't. That was not reciprocated. But I knew I had been obedient. I knew as long as it depends on me, like right. I am yeah. not at odds. Right. Yeah. You know. So, right. I think that that's. Again, you pray the prayer. It might be a text. It might be you write a card. It right. might be you send an email. It might be you make a phone call. It might be yeah. you plan a coffee. But, you know, the Lord will guide you if you, you know, sincerely seek him right. with that heart. I believe yeah. that. Yeah, I, I agree as well. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, this has been a, a great conversation. I think that's a good place for us to kind of wrap up today. And uh, we're going to be continuing this series this Sunday uh, on Sermon on the Mount, 930 and 11 a.m., uh, we'd love to have you join us here at yeah. Vaughn Forest Church. And in our 11 o'clock service Sunday, we're going to be honoring our high school graduating seniors. It's uh, hard to yeah. believe it's that yeah. time of year. Man, Can you May. believe that? It yeah. Is yeah, absolutely. May. And then that's I mean, always a fun thing to in do. In less than two weeks, it's Mother's Day. So here's your reminder if you haven't gotten mom <laughs> present wow. yet, like make sure that you get that done. And we'll have some things, photo booths and such here on campus fun. that day. But yeah, yeah, so join us this weekend. It's going to be a great Sunday at Vaughn Forest Church. On behalf of Adam Bishop, Matt Collins, Sound Guy Jonathan, and myself, we appreciate you tuning in and we will catch you next time.